Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for yet another foray into the world of aquariums from our slightly different perspective. You know, as a student of all things aquatic and a lifelong aquarist, like most of you, I've formulated a lot of opinions about hobby stuff over the years. And I suppose much of my indoctrination in the hobby was based on the, you know, the time-honored traditions and mindsets that we took for granted for so long. I remember as a kid reading fish books, like I read all the ones I can get my hands on, and I read every word. In fact, those books taught me to be a better reader. Now, some of them were my dad's. Yeah, he was a fish geek too. It's genetic. <laughs> Others were from a public library or you know my own little growing collection that I purchased at pet shops and fish stores. And most were vintage reissues from the late 50s and 60s because that was when the bulk of the major amazing books on tropical fishes were published up until that point. And of course, the classics like Inez's Exotic Aquarium Fishes rang just as true then as they do now. They were magical. They reflected the time that they were published, a time of burgeoning popularity for the tropical fish hobby, a time when you know, technology and technique were starting to truly meld together to coalesce into the modern aquarium practices that we work with today. It was a golden age for the tropical fish hobby for sure, and you could sense it just by reading these charming books. You could almost feel the metal frame, slate bottom tanks of the day. I read every book from cover to cover, memorized every passage, savored every image, studied each caption, coveted every fish, studied all I could about the fishes I kept in my collection, dreamed about the ones I wished I had. There was something very matter-of-fact about the language in those books, the straightforward, this-is-how-it's-done tone that was based on what you could tell was the first-hand knowledge of the masters of the past and the present, preserved and passed on you know, to future generations of hobbyists like myself. The vocabulary was rich and fascinating. One word I remember seeing in many of these books was the word mulm. It was a funny word, a sort of 50s and 60s style catch-all expression for the stuff that accumulates on the bottom of the aquarium. It was, is, quite appropriate and surprisingly descriptive. To me, mulm is essentially the equivalent of detritus, which is used in the modern aquarium hobby extensively to describe the solid material that accumulates on the bottom of an aquarium and in the end, you know, it's the end product of biological filtration. Mulm, however, is a bit more charming, right? In a word, it's a matrix of stringy algae, biofilms, and fine particles of stuff that tends to accumulate here and there in healthy aquariums. What's cool about this stuff is that not only do you see it in aquariums, you see it extensively in natural ecosystems like the Amazon streams, Asian peat swamps, and other habitats. In the case of a botanical-style aquarium, that's us, mulm is also comprised of bits and pieces of broken down leaves and botanicals that we place in our tanks. It's an integral component of what we call an enriched substrate in our aquariums. As botanicals break down, just like in nature, they create a diverse matrix of partially decomposing plant materials, pieces of bark, bits of algae, and some strings of biofilm. Stuff that sounds diverse, yet benign. Detritus, a more cocktail party smart kind of word, seems to have a bit more of a sinister connotation to it. The definition's a bit more precise, too. Uh, it's often defined as a dead particulate organic matter. It typically includes the bodies or fragments of dead organisms as well as fecal material. Detritus is typically colonized by communities of microorganisms which act to decompose or remineralize the material. That's from the aquarium wiki. Whoa, sounds kind of bad, right? But it is one of our most commonly used aquarium terms. And one which, well, quite frankly, sends shivers down the spine of most aquarium hobbyists. And judging from that definition, it sounds like something you absolutely want to avoid having in your systems at all costs. I mean, dead organisms and fecal materials, it's not everybody's idea of a good time, you know what I mean? Literally, shit in your tank accumulating. Like, why would anybody want this to linger, or worse, accumulate in your aquarium? 
Yet when you really think about it and brush off the initial shock value, the fact is that detritus is an important part of the aquatic ecosystem, providing fuel for microorganisms and fungi at the base of the food chain in aquatic environments. In fact, <clears throat> excuse me, in natural black water systems, the food inputs into the water are channeled by decomposers like fungi, which act upon leaves and other organic materials in the water to break them down. And the leaf litter community of fishes, insects, fungi, and microorganisms is really important to these systems because it assimilates all that terrestrial material into the blackwater aquatic system and acts to reduce the loss of nutrients to the forest, which would inevitably occur if this stuff was just, you know, washed downstream. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, this sounds all well and good and, you know, kind of grandiose and, you know, but what are the implications of these processes and the resultant detritus for the closed aquarium system? Well, in years past, aquarists who favored sterile-looking aquaria would have been horrified to see this stuff accumulated on the bottom or among the hardscape. Upon discovering it in our tanks, it would have taken nanoseconds to lunge for that siphon hose and get the stuff out ASAP. Now, in our world, the reality is that we embrace this stuff for what it is, a rich, diverse, and beneficial part of our microcosm. It provides foraging, aquatic plant molts, supplemental food production, a place for fry to shelter, and it's a vital, fascinating part of the natural environment. It is certainly a new way of thinking of when, you know, when we espouse not only accepting the presence of this stuff, but actually encouraging it and even rejoicing in its presence. Why? Well, not because we're thinking, wow, this is an excuse for maintaining a dirty-looking aquarium. No. No, we rejoice because our little closed microcosms are mimicking exactly what happens in nature. Uh, in those natural environments that we strive so very hard to replicate. Now, granted, in a closed system, you have to pay close attention to the dynamic, you know, to the dynamic going on there. But accepting decomposing leaves and botanicals as part of a living closed system is embracing the very processes that we've tried to nurture for many years. Sure, it's a very different aesthetic than what we've been indoctrinated to over the years. Brown water, leaves, stringy algae, films, and bits of botanical debris. We may not want to have an entire bottom filled with this stuff, or maybe we might. But think about it. Much of this stuff is not only broken down or rendered inert by beneficial bacteria and microorganisms which live within the matrix, it's actually processed into a more easily assimilated form for other aquatic animals. Check your water parameters when you, when you, when you think about this stuff, if you accumulate it. Are you seeing surging nit you know, nitrate or ammonia or uh, nitrite? Are the fishes healthy? Are they relaxed? Are they active? If the answer to the first two questions is no and the last is yes, and I suspect that it will be in well-managed systems, then perhaps it's in time to simply enjoy what's happening in your aquarium. I mean, the reality is this is not some kind of horrifying stuff that we need to run from. It's actually something that we want to think about in different terms, and that's the beauty of what we do, and that's the exciting part about this. Sure, if you're having you know issues with ammonia or nitrate, you have more problems than just some detritus in your system, in my opinion. If you have some significant accumulations of nitrate, it's probably important to review the husbandry processes you employ, and by that I mean feeding, filter, you know, uh, maintenance, water changes, etc. I know from personal experience in both freshwater and reef and coral propagation systems that you can have significant amounts of detritus actually in play and still have perfectly good water quality. That's a you know, misnomer that just because you have some of this stuff you know, present that it's a problem, and it isn't. It's a balance, like everything else in our aquariums. I know it sounds a bit like a cop-out, but it's a reality. 
to accept and understand that the aesthetic of a heavily botanically influenced system is simply different than what we've come to perceive as acceptable in the general aquarium sense. It's not for everyone else. It's not something that we're used to seeing. However, the feedback we've been getting from you, our customers, regarding the systems you've set up in this fashion is that they've created an entirely new perception and understanding of a freshwater aquarium. They've enabled us all to try a completely different aesthetic experience to understand the processes that occur naturally, which are of great benefits to the fishes that we actually keep. And attempting to keep our tanks essentially sterile is an almost futile and ultimately detrimental practice, in my humble opinion. The idea of creating unnaturally clean conditions likely results in some microorganisms struggling to find food. Now, our aquariums are not absolutely natural open systems. However, embracing some natural processes and emulating the functions of the wild ecosystems might be a key unlock in order for certain organisms to survive and even thrive in the long run. Detritus, mold, whatever you want to call it, serves as a food source and a food processing producing source for fishes and the other aquatic organisms which live in our tanks. And yeah, detritus is found in gut content analysis of many fishes. Here's a charming passage, if you will, with a rather comprehensive description of gut contents from one of our fave fishes, the Cardinal Tetra. And I quote, The stomach content was categorized as detritus when it was found in sufficient quantities within the proper stomach so that the conclusion of a detritus feeding appeared as a realistic proposition. The hindgut filled with the digested material practically always contained particles that could be listed as detritus. In addition, small quantities of detritus particles remain from the prey guts and enter and or enter the stomach when the fish are browsing for small prey over the surface of plants, litter, and woods. Some of it's incidental, some of it's intentionally ingested. That's really interesting stuff. So yeah, use common sense when stocking, feeding, and maintaining your aquarium. However, I think stressing out and just freaking out and, and, and having some real issues about keeping our aquarium spotless is really a good step to take. You know, you hear, remove detritus from your aquarium regularly. Is this another one of those long-held aquarium truisms that for 90% of what we do is absolutely the correct way to manage our tanks, but which for a small percentage of aquarists with the means, curiosity, and inclination to experiment, hey, that's us, could actually ultimately prove detrimental in some way. Like, maybe it's a good idea to let some of this stuff stay in play. Okay, I know that some of you are thinking this guy is nuts. Letting detritus accumulate in an aquarium is bad news and it's a recipe for problems or worse. And not only that, he, you know, Scott has no idea what the implications are for what he's suggesting. Well, as far as the first part of your thought, I could be construed as crazy. That's part of the game, right? On the other hand, I think I do have some idea of the implications of what I'm postulating here. First off, remember, I'm not suggesting that you throw away your siphons, disregard water changes, and just allow shit, literally, to accumulate in your aquarium substrate in the interest of creating a food web. No, no, no. What I am curious about, though, is if there's some benefit in botanical blackwater systems of encouraging a bit more fungal and microbial growth, which utilizes detritus, um, to benefit the system in some way. I mean, if you're doing water changes and removing uneaten food, dead fishes, aquatic you know, plant leaves, etc., you're already significantly reducing the food inputs available to the organisms on the low end of the food chain. In a typical aquarium, you know, well-maintained with regular water changes and removal of all the detritus, our fishes are almost 100% dependent upon us to provide food. We have a sort of food web in our tanks, whether we think that way or not. However, we seem to regularly dissect part of it with our militant stance about not letting this stuff accumulate at all. I know when I used to be in the coral propagation business, we experienced some challenges early on with color and the growth of our coral frags. I mean, 
we had really great husbandry by typical standards. We had insane water movement, you know, high-tech protein skimming and almost clinically sterile water conditions. I mean, they're chemically perfect, no detectable anything. It was frustrating. We tried everything and we were like, why wasn't our coral growing well? It was only when we had a protracted period of time where circumstances sort of prevented us from our usual hyper-husbandry that things suddenly improved. We walked in one day and thought, why is everything looking so good? Well, lo and behold, once we allowed some detritus to remain in our systems, once we stopped trying to keep things polished to the point where you can give birth in our coral grow-out raceways, we grew corals more quickly, more healthily, and more colorfully. There is something to this concept. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's simply because these types of tanks are in such a radical aesthetic departure from what we're used to or if it's something more, but I believe that we've got something here. I also believe that leaving a bit of detritus in the system, and I say a little, um, will help fuel the fungal and microbial growth that forms the basis of our little ecosystems. I said it once, I'll say it again. I mean, think of some of the possible benefits to our systems. Having a more diverse, healthy assortment of fungi and microorganisms could lead ultimately to a more stable, more efficient aquarium, right? Yeah, I think so. If you're not decimating a large percentage of the ecosystem's primary decomposers and food sources weekly with these ultra-intense maintenance practices, wouldn't there be some advantages? And don't a lot of young fishes consume infusoria or microorganisms as a part of their initial diet? Aren't these organisms found in detritus? Yeah, they are. Wouldn't it make sense to have larger populations of some of these organisms available at all times to, you know, to help supplement the artificial diets that we feed? Could the fry-rearing system of the future be a tank with a big bed of decomposing leaf litter and terrestrial soil substrate botanicals? Yeah, I believe it could. We've talked about that before. In the meantime, there's those aesthetics of natural aquariums that we proffer and the mental shifts that we need to make in order to accept and understand a different look and function. Perhaps we're some, you know, somehow drawn to this earthy look and the organic-y feel. I'm not sure, but I do know that I'm enjoying my tanks, and so are many of you who have tried this approach embracing not fighting nature yet again in a more complete sense just might be the next big breakthrough in aquarium keeping or it might just simply be an idea that's always been right in front of our noses something that our forefathers talked about which we just resisted for a generation or two maybe we overthought it evolution perhaps maybe anyway stay persistent stay engaged stay confident stay open-minded stay unafraid and always stay wet Until next time, this is Scott Feldman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tenant.